our culture, with the well-intentioned assistance of more than a few overly zealous feminists, has all but obliterated God's plan for a man and a woman. And some Christians today totally ignore the concept of submission, whereas others read Paul's words as permission for husbands to dominate and or abuse their wives. Neither option, of course, is acceptable, and neither will create the loving and romantic relationship you desire. Hello, I'm Dr. Debbie, and I've been helping men, women, and couples grow together for more than 25 years. Now it's your turn to learn what I learned and taught as a couples counselor and university professor. You are the wise woman, and this is your personal development podcast packed with instant encouragement and practical tips and men can learn about women too because this is a safe place where women are valued and men are respected. We talk about biology, socialization, behavior, emotions, communication, and connection because men and women are different. Always have been, always will be, and that's a very good thing. My approach to healthy relationships is often labeled as an old-fashioned, outdated notion about love and marriage. Some have suggested it's rooted in the 1950s, or the Victorian era, but it's much older. In fact, it's ancient. Here's the deal. I've always thought that if woman was created for man, and if what we're doing for him isn't working, then we probably should spend some time, some serious time, finding out what it is we're intended to do for him. To put it quite simply, I believe all we need to do is show up, (laughs) to be fully present, available, and responsive to Him. That is, we get to enjoy being the girl, and let Him enjoy it too, but not passive in the process. Woman is a personal gift from heaven. When God created Adam, He knew one person wouldn't be enough to fulfill His dreams. Although Adam was clueless about what he was missing, His all-wise creator wasn't. The Lord knew man could not do so very well on his own. He would need someone to adore. So God's personal gift to Adam was his woman, created from his own body. So much like himself, yet so very different. Eve would have the natural capacity to complete Adam and to help focus his passion on someone outside of himself. In the 21st century, a man's longing for love is intended to spur him into the realization that his wife is God's gift to him, his reason for living, his hope and his joy in the full experience of the Lord's goodness. And most men get that. Honestly, they do. Without a godly wife, a man will starve to death emotionally and relationally. Instead, with her by his side, He gets to feast on her femininity, to draw energy and inspiration from the closeness of her beauty. Do you consider yourself a strong woman? Many of us do. But what is the source of your strength? By now, you'd think I'd know myself pretty well, and I do. Yet, I'm amazed at how the Lord continually reveals truth to me, not only about others, but also about myself. I knew I was pretty good at that submission stuff in my first marriage, but I didn't realize until I was writing my book that I didn't understand the whole equation. My submission wasn't by choice. It was rooted in my fear. 
fear of displeasing my husband and losing him. And because of my fear, I was never a truly strong woman, and I lost my husband. Many women I meet are good at that strength stuff in their marriages, but is their strength also rooted in fear? Sometimes we toughen ourselves up to get through life, and we lose our true strength in the process. In other words, many women develop a false sense of strength as a defense against being hurt. But in the end, it causes them and their partners to experience unnecessary pain, and they both lose. Defensiveness simply doesn't work in marriage. Ever. So, what is the source of our truth strength? It's the joy of the Lord. He is our strength and our song. We abide in Him. We live in Him. He produces the fruit of the Spirit within us. Truly, there is nothing sweeter than that. So, learn to live in the reality that the Lord cherishes you as His beloved daughter and that His desire is to teach your husband to cherish you too. Submission must be a choice. From true strength, you have the wonderful opportunity to choose submission to the Lord first, then to your husband. That's what makes a woman truly beautiful. Clearly, we're created as partners, essential partners in the work of the kingdom of God. Through Christ, we're redeemed to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. Man is the leader and woman is the follower. He is not a dictator, and she is not a silent, powerless subject. Fortunately, as we get things back in their proper heavenly perspective, man has what he needs to do his job, to live out his life passionately doing what God designed him to do. As a wife, you're created to be your husband's rescuer. So it's important to know exactly how to do that, and how to do it really well. So much of your husband's success depends on your walk with the Lord and your desire to be the woman that he needs you to be. As women, we've never been without the relationship of another human being. Therefore, we tend to conclude that we're the relationship experts. But most of us make the grievous error of believing it is our job as the relationship expert to fix, manage, and control a man. Indeed, it's most assuredly not. We have a much higher purpose. A woman has been given to her mate as a sweet companion and confidant. He is motivated simply by her presence, and he will do almost anything to make her smile. She's there to let him know when he's on the right track, not to criticize him when he's not. Her positive, affirming influence will cause her man to excel and most importantly, to grow in his relationship with the Lord. But what if she doesn't think he's on the right track? You remember we talked about that earlier, right? A godly woman will always pray first, then express her concern lovingly and briefly. She can be sure that he hurt her the first time. So her job from that moment forward is to pray for her mate with insight, fully confident that the Lord will answer her prayers. If her man needs changing, the Lord will most surely do it. However, she must remain humble, knowing that it also might be her that the Lord desires to change. So, how can you help a man take leadership? 
First, he needs to know that you're following him, even if he's not a very seasoned leader. A man can never become a really great leader if no one's willing to follow him. In a word, he needs you to submit to his leadership. Now, submission really means that you trust and respect him. It does not mean that you follow him blindly and mindlessly. Second, he really does need your feedback. Both scripture and research show that men need to be open to the influence of their wives. Otherwise, they're doomed to fail. However, your feedback must not be in the form of criticism, attack, blame, or even advice. What he desperately needs to hear is when he's getting it right, when he's doing something that pleases you, that makes you happy. And remember, he needs you to help him look good to anyone who's watching. He'll stand taller and work harder than you ever thought possible. Yes, just give him that and he'll pull out all the stops to please you, more so than you ever imagined. For some time now, I have believed that we women have far more influence than we realize. Many words have been used to describe this phenomenon, but men can't resist us, at least not for very long. Basically, when you understand what you mean to him and know how to fulfill your purpose in his life, any man with a reasonable amount of emotional health naturally responds with all the love and tenderness you desire from him. Yes, in case you're wondering, most men are reasonably healthy. They just express it differently than we do. And isn't that what draws us to them in the first place? Isn't that what we love so much about them? What we adore? Without a doubt, a wife's decision to submit to her husband doesn't get the best press in today's culture. Such a woman is thought to be a bit on the crazy side or not too bright. But nothing could be further from the truth. Yes, Scripture instructs a woman to live for her husband. But when you read the entirety of Ephesians 5, you realize she doesn't have the more difficult role. Her husband does, because he must be willing to die for her. The simple fact of the matter is that nothing inspires a godly man more than experiencing the beauty of his wife. He's naturally drawn to her strength as she basks in the joy of the Lord. His heart and soul are softened by the fruits of the Spirit that flow out of her as a matter of fact. And she chooses to honor him as her leader, to submit to him out of trust and respect for who he is and for who he is becoming. The fullness of his passion for life automatically propels him forward toward his destiny. To fulfill his purpose, a man needs to tap into his masculine passion, and a wise woman knows how to build up her husband and thereby increase his passion to fuel the power he needs to produce results. Remember, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. You have a choice. You can inspire or you can usurp. It's time to pause right here for a commercial break in the form of a definition or two. To inspire is to evoke an emotion that moves him to want to do something. To usurp is to take his power without the right to do so. The first strategy builds up your man and your home. The second tears him down and your home. I totally get how women get caught in this cycle. 
Remember, I know about how anxious we can be. Anxious people try to achieve a sense of control and thereby reduce their anxiety. And we women are often anxious or worried about almost everything. There's no doubt in my mind that if this book were written by a man, the men reading this would get the impression they were doing everything wrong. Because guys are really hard on themselves and each other. But because I'm a woman, and because scripture tells us that we're here to help our man, it just makes more sense to focus on what she can do, not so much on what he can do, even though he can surely do an awful lot to make things a whole lot better, too. But I want you to keep in mind, ladies, that when you are operating from your feminine strength that's based in your joy of the Lord, and then you choose submission... That's going to create a feminine beauty that's going to inspire the masculine passion. The other choice you have is to take your feminine anxiety and the false sense of strength that you may have that's based in that fear and add to that control, which is your defense against fear. And you're going to produce emasculation that's going to actually usurp masculine authority. Okay, so... Men, make no mistake, you are held responsible no matter what your wife does. I'm only making the point here that when his wife tries to run things, give him advice, or wear the pants, a man is actually drained of the passion he needs to fulfill his purpose. Even so, guys, the Holy Spirit is always with you. Do not resort to exerting your power alone. Because power without love is destructive for her and for you. Without her inspiration, a husband can become a couch potato at best and a domineering cat at worst. In other words, he'll go to one or the other extremes in regard to his God-given masculine power. That is, he'll give up on life. What's the point? And no one will benefit from what he has to offer the world. Or he'll become aggressive, and no one will win at that game, least of all him. So, does this fit your guy? I don't know. Ask him. Mostly, this is what I hear from the men I've spoken with, especially from men who bring their wives to talk with me about their relationship. Week after week, I watch men as they long for their wives to treat them with trust and respect. Most of the time, His wife doesn't even know how she's coming across to him. I love to help them both with that. Because where they sit, each feeling an intense longing to love and be loved and not seeing the proverbial forest for the proverbial trees, that's hard. You know, one Sunday evening years ago, Fred and I were dancing with friends at one of our favorite outdoor park venues when a park ranger appeared. Although the ranger's intent was to inform us that the park had closed 37 minutes earlier, he was simply standing there watching us in awe. A dozen couples ranging in age from 30-something to 60-something, enjoying a pleasant summer evening, engaged in activity right from the 19th century. Perhaps it was just our Victorian costumes that fascinated him, but I believe it was much more. As Fred and the others loaded their cars to leave, I chatted with the ranger. Fred and I offer workshops for couples. We want men to know how it feels to have a woman follow them and make them feel good about their ability to lead. And we want women to know how wonderful it feels to be treated like a lady. 
The ranger turned his head and looked at me in shock. There are still women who want to follow a man? Yes, I said. They do. At least most Christian women do. In fact, they love it and even long for it. Still in apparent disbelief, the ranger reported, I read something the other day about most women making more money than men and that most women don't believe they even need men around anymore. That's not true for all women, not the good ones anyway, I replied confidently, because I know the truth. Our conversation ended there, but knowing a little about how a man's mind works, I'm pretty sure he continued to process the whole thing. Seeing us there, watching the dance, wondering what it would be like if he himself could find a woman who would trust and respect him. And if that's even a remote possibility. If you're in a not-so-good place right now, you've got plenty of company. Many of us have been where you are at one time or another, myself included. The truth is, we always end up where we are because of what we believe about ourselves and our mates or our future mates. Most of us act as though we're still living under the curse. Is it any wonder that women continue to try to fix, manage, and control their husbands? And that men resist their wives' efforts and attempt to establish their identity in their work? Many couples spend the bigger part of their days imagining the worst about one another. Then they're surprised when their evening doesn't go well. How crazy is that? And most counselors spend a lot of time rehashing what's wrong with one partner or the other. I guess they believe their analysis will produce a magic solution to unhappiness. It's like trying to get rid of a pink elephant by concentrating on how the pink elephant walks and talks and looks. If it walks and talks and looks like a pink elephant, must be a pink elephant. So if you want to be rid of it, you don't analyze it to death. You kick it out and put something better in its place, like tenderness and love for your mate. A friend once commented, I don't know how you can sit and listen to couples argue all the time day after day. I don't, I said. If all I did was listen to arguments, I'd be severely depressed. So I just helped the boy win back his girl. Most happy, healthy couples don't go to counseling, though some do. But mostly I see people who are in pain, which means I get to participate in the Lord's redemptive work. I couldn't do this work without hope and the realization that God is in everything I do. He's the one who does the healing and growing, but I get to help, and it's wonderful. The truth is, whether you are male or female, you are creatively designed for romance, and the Lord is deeply interested, not only in your holiness, but also in the depth of your happiness. After all, joy is the fruit of the Spirit. He's always there for you to enjoy, and He wants you to enjoy one another, too. If He created the whole idea of marriage, then He must be invested in seeing love come to fruition in your life. For your pleasure, but also as a light to show the world just how much He loves us all. The Lord doesn't want us to wander aimlessly through life, making mistake after mistake. So he talks with us. We only need to train our ears to hear him. When I first meet a couple, I don't know the details of their next chapter, but I know it's a beginning for them. If they can only imagine it, it's going to be amazing. Because whenever the Lord puts his hand to something, it's always more than we could ever hope, ask, or imagine. And you must realize by now 
My hope is high. I ask a lot, and I have a really, really romantic imagination. And they lived happily ever after? She stands alone on the veranda, her gaze fixed on the clearness of the lake below as she recalls the path of her own love story. So far, it's been filled with delightful twists and distressing turns, as well as fabulous twirls of astonishment. And she's traveled very far from the sewage of her earlier chapters. Surrounded only by beauty now, she hears the door open and the soft sound of his footsteps. But she doesn't turn to look. She knows who's behind her. Her husband slips his strong arms tenderly around her waist. With a gentle kiss to the top of her head, he simply whispers, I love you. They stand silently for a long time, savoring the moment. Soon everything will spring to life in preparation for the impending arrival of weekend guests. God is so good. Her handsome king turns her around and looks into her eyes with obvious pleasure. She sparkles back at him. After a few moments of soft kisses, they enter their private residence to prepare breakfast together. Holding hands as they enjoy one last cup of coffee before the day officially begins, he reads scripture aloud to her, as he always does. Today he reads Psalm 16. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Tears of joy fill her eyes. As he prays aloud, tears of joy fill both their eyes. They realize how very blessed they are to have the Lord as the author of their love story. Their secret? They know who they are and whose they are. Created in his image, they were sinners saved by his grace, and now they're called to be saints. The Lord doesn't come down each day to walk with them in their paradise because he's residing inside each of them. Theirs is now a perfect partnership with the Lord. United in Christ, they demonstrate the oneness he created for a man and woman to both enjoy. A oneness that's better than Eden. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Wise Woman's Guide to Men and Marriage. What did you think? Did the information raise more questions? Do you want to learn more? Head over to wisewomansguide.com for show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode. And if you're looking for other wise women to bounce around ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for women on Facebook. The link is waiting for you at awisewomansguide.com.